Welcome to Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star, a young adult literature podcast, their film and television adaptations, and everything in between. I'm Joe. And I am Pepe the King Prawn. <laughs> I'm sorry, are you some kind of squid <laughs> or uh I am not a shrimp, okay? <laughs> And our show is created on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee, the Huron-Wendat, and the Anishinaabe on lands connected to the Toronto Purchase Treaty 13 of 1805. And on the Tecumloops Te Shwetmik territory within the unceded traditional lands of Shwetmikulu. And today's film, Muppets Haunted Mansion, is set in Los Angeles, the traditional lands of the Chumash, Tongva, and Keech peoples. And Joe! Mm-hmm. The Muppets! Indeed, their haunted mansion Halloween special. Welcome to the home of fear and fright, where not all guests survive the night. The lucky souls will live to tell, and those who don't will rot in. What's the matter with you? You can't say that. This is a family show. What are you doing? Welcome, foolish Muppets, to tonight's very special Halloween challenge. We just have to survive the night in this haunted mansion. Everything here will seem familiar. But your eyes may deceive you. Oh, oh. I'm the mysterious Madame Pagota! Wait, I down, I can't hear myself think. Take five, everybody. Where are you going? No! <sighs> Happy Halloween! This place is really haunted! <laughs> Fiends, omens, and bogeymen, lend me your fear! It's showtime! Usually I'm worried about dying up here, but looks like you beat me to it! <laughs> Don't you have anything better to do than boo me? <laughs> Tough room. Ooh, indoor lightning! I'm not a shrimp! Close enough. By sunrise, you fail this endeavor. Then you must remain here forever. I'm out of here! How did you... I could just eat you alive. That's, that's sweet, right? Muppets Haunted Mansion, streaming exclusively on Disney+. Plus. Okay, so Brenna, this has been a movie that has been in the works for ages. <laughs> I didn't realize really that the Muppets have never done a Halloween special before. They haven't ever done a Halloween special before. And it's been a weird time in Muppetry. <laughs> so we had the Muppets come out the film about 10 years ago now, which was right. the Jason Siegel. Oh, yes. Amy Adams one. Fan service project. Yeah, it was basically mm -hmm. like Jason Siegel had always wanted to write a Muppet movie. And he had a brief moment of just enough cred yep. to get that made. Yeah, coming off that How I Met Your Mother buzz, right? Right. <laughs> this is what he used it for. <laughs> you know what? I can't not respect that. That's Fair exactly, exactly the kind of foolishness I would use a moment mm -hmm. of fame for. Yeah. And then we also had that TV show, which, uh, spoiler alert for people who don't know, Brenna used to write for my blog, and yeah. she covered the Muppets TV show for, like, a hot second. 
I wrote the lengthiest recaps of those episodes, and I genuinely enjoyed that show, but a lot of people have felt that both that show and the sequel film, um, Muppets Most Wanted, were sort of... They lost the essence, right? Yeah, there was a sense that the creative team didn't really know what to do with the Muppets, and I actually listened to a really great podcast last week, the Muppet History Podcast. They had an interview with Kurt Thatcher, who directed Muppets Haunted Mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was saying that, you know, the Muppets, much like early Disney, were really driven by having like a visionary lead person. And so it was Jim Henson. And then after Jim's death, it was his son, Brian. Mm -hmm. But since the purchase by Disney, there hasn't been that sort of person with a history with the characters and, I don't know, the ethos, I guess, to drive it forward. And so they have kind of floundered. There was also a mini sort of series kind of thing on... Disney Plus last year called Muppets Now, which was a little bit like, what if the Muppets hosted a viral video show? Oh, okay. And what all of these things, and I think Muppets Haunted Mansion too, are trying to do is capture the essence of the Muppet show, which is frankly variety show, like vaudeville, Mm, like old school theater, musical comedy. And, um... Yeah. We don't live in that world anymore, do we? We don't live in that world anymore. But when they get it right, like I think that Muppets movie by Jason Siegel was really good. And I think it had a really clear sense of who the Muppets are and how they work. Okay. And when it's right, it's it's really a joyful thing. Mm-hmm. And when it's wrong, it's <laughs> slightly Is depressing. Is it Muppets Haunted Mansion? <laughs> you know what? There's moments in Muppets Haunted Mansion I really love, but I think the biggest problem with it, and you're probably going to like roll your eyes, but mm. the biggest problem is in it is there's not enough songs. Okay. No, I actually did feel that because every time a song came on, it felt like suddenly the film had more energy. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't tell if it was me because I don't have a strong relationship to the Muppets. So... You know, I know most of these characters. I can't tell you more than five without having to look them up. But I just, I've always felt like I'm the wrong audience member to really interrogate the text because I thought, okay, yeah, they're cute, but I don't have that relationship, at least not compared to someone like you, who I know loves them and can probably name pretty much all of them. I can, probably. I love them all very, very much. And I have a long history because I've always just... It's always been sort of part of my popular culture. And I was definitely a kid who 100% across the board preferred puppets to animation. So any kind of kid show like, oh, God, I remember this show. And it was a Jim Henson property. It was called Dog City. It was about Mm -hmm. this dog who was like a detective. Yes, I remember. Do you remember Dog City? Like, that's Mm -hmm. the kind of kid show I loved. A little bit of... Uh, I guess it's sort of a knowing humor, a little bit of a kind of self-reflexive or metatextual humor and puppets. Like if you combine those two things, I'm so happy. That's actually what I think of when I think of Jim Henson too. Like either really fantastical creature designs, like I'm thinking of Labyrinth. Mm -hmm. Because that was very much my Jim Henson property. I would imagine, yeah. specifically with the Muppets, I always think of them as very self-aware. Like it's a lot of puns. It's a lot of adult humor in kid packaging before that became super popular yeah and jim henson always said the muppets were not for kids like the fact that kids enjoyed them was awesome and it was a challenge for the writers to come up with content that was funny and sometimes a little bit like my Mm -hmm. gosh i've been watching the old muppet show with my son Mm -hmm. and there's this episode where this 
giant Muppet dancing puppet. And I can't remember who the actress is, but somebody 70s famous. Right. And they're dancing in this bar. They're also like they're beating the S out of each other while they dance around this bar. And I remember mm. thinking like, my, my son was just like, what the heck is this? <laughs> this doesn't seem right. Devin was like, this is the 70s, buddy. It's okay. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it was that idea of like, it really was for everyone and not in the sense of a lot of family content now, which is it's for kids with a couple of jokes thrown in for adults, mm-hmm. but it was targeted at everyone. And I think right. that that is something that like later iterations of the Muppets have maybe, maybe missed. But yeah, I don't know how I feel about Haunted Mansion, to be perfectly honest. I told you in text before that like... I have no critical distance from the Muppets. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I have a really hard time being anything but just joyful that there are more Muppets things to watch. Mm-hmm. So why don't we start with you telling me what you thought about it? Okay, so I agree with that initial comment that you made that it could have benefited from a few more songs. Mm-hmm. I understand why they decided to front load Gonzo. I don't love pepe the king prawn i think he's funny for an occasional joke but this was a lot of him and i didn't feel like it really paid off so fully half of this episode is dedicated to his storyline with taraji p henson who i think is trying to do good work but i also don't understand her character at all like Mm -hmm. is she a woman who murders all of her husbands or is she a demon and i think it's meant to be both but i don't really understand the decision behind that i felt like everybody was having a lot of fun but i also really missed kermit and piggy and all Mm. of the other supporting characters in this case because they're just not present like we see them on we see them on the phone and we see them through a window at this halloween party and part of me just wanted all of them to be more involved Mm. it felt too specifically focused on making sure that everybody got their fan service moment so that no one would be displeased. But I just wanted more of the Muppets that I liked. Yeah, I get that. You know, um, this isn't the first vehicle that Gonzo has been the Mm -hmm. centerpiece for. He was the center of Muppets from Space, but it was also a much more collective film experience. Mm -hmm. By the way, that movie is great, has aged really well, and has Hmm. one of the surprisingly best soundtracks ever it's got like an original george clinton song which he sings with the muppets it's great yeah no i'm a big fan it's that one is underwatched and under enjoyed and pepe has only been kind of in this sort of hosting role since muppets tonight which was where he emerged but he's been very popular online so oh, i see okay so this was a decision in part based on fan service yes i think so just before the Muppets 2011 film came out, there was like an explosion of Muppets viral online content for about the two or three years before that. Okay. People might remember things like the Bohemian Rhapsody video or the popcorn video. There were a bunch of them and they were kind of really rapid fire. Mm -hmm. And Pepe was pretty central in a lot of those because he is like, he's the dirty humor typically of the more recent iterations of the Muppets because he's this, you know, 
philandering shrimp, basically, mm-hmm. who well, punches above his weight. Well, he reminds me of Pepe Le Pew. Like, yes. apparently we're just doing any characters with Pepe as lecherous womanizers. Yes. But in a lot of ways, I think he has replaced Rizzo the rat. So, Oh, yes. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. Rizzo even in this? I don't think so. Yeah, he has a brief moment uh, when they're doing the dinner party, just before the dinner party scene. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you think back to something like um muppet christmas carol which is probably the last muppet property that had a henson at the helm of because brian henson made that film right okay if you look at the dynamic between gonzo and rizzo as the sort of hosts as the sort of everyman of Mm -hmm. the muppet christmas carol story and as the anchors of the magic that's going to happen um they work really well together and i i kind of wished that rizzo was Mm -hmm. gonzo's partner through this Right. Because Rizzo also has a little bit of the lecherous humor, but he's a more established character with a sort of more established history that makes a lot more sense. I have to tell you, mm-hmm. the scenes with Pepe and his bride, uh, that's what we had to we had to turn the movie off for Groot. Oh, too scary. Too scary. The red eyes. He couldn't handle it. Okay. The red eyes upset him so much. He actually had a nightmare and had to come to bed with us at like 1130 that night. Oh, so, yeah. No. Red eyes were too much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, because I think one of the things that they are striking a good balance for, and maybe you might disagree because of what you said earlier about who the Muppets are actually intended for, this feels very carefully calibrated for children in Mm -hmm. a mostly safe way. Like, there's spooky stuff, but it's not as scary. I noticed something. I was so proud of myself for noticing Joe. I was like, I'm going to tell Joe I noticed this thing. There was an almost constant partnering of jump scare with joke. Mm Mm-hmm. And that actually really worked, even for a four-year-old, for most of the film. Um, the first pl- classic example of that is that terrifying goat, the screaming okay. goat. Yes. Because the first time Groot saw the screaming goat, he freaked out. And then the second time the screaming goat comes back and Pepe gets like launched across the room and stuck to the door, mm-hmm. that was a big laugh. So uh, I noticed okay. that there was this very careful balancing. Right. We're undercutting the scare by giving it a cathartic laugh. Exactly. But I do think that ultimately what is missing and what I was really hoping for here is that variety show feel. Like, I I love a Darren Chris musical number anyway. Mm -hmm. I loved that musical number. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, this is going to be a way to get a whole bunch of Muppets in. And we're going to have a lot of kind of background dancers. And we're going to have a lot of big voiced humans, which is Mm -hmm. always a good partnership for the Muppets. And then that's kind of like... The only thing like that. I mean, there are other songs, but that's the only thing that felt to me like a very Muppety musical performance with a big voiced human, which is kind of what I love. Right. Yeah. So that's the opening number, Rest in Peace. And then we've got the dinner party number, Life Hereafter. And then Taraji P. Henson has Tie the Knot Tango. Yes. My personal favorite was actually the end credits version of Dancing in the Moonlight, if only because it felt irreverent and fun right like Mm -hmm. because you got to see all of these human actors who were so obviously delighted to be involved in the special having a blast interacting with the muppets out of character but still just joyful and i don't know it felt like a really nice way to end the special Mm -hmm. but i couldn't help but wish that there was more of that kind of energy in the actual movie yeah i definitely agree You know, it's been a long time since we've had 
Muppet content that kind of scratches this kind of particular itch. Like I put this in the category with specials like Muppets Family Christmas or, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of kind of holiday set piece Muppet things that used to be really like the 90s were full of them, right? Right. And so one thing that Kurt Thatcher said in this interview I listened to the other day is that basically if a Muppet was functional, like if they could use it, it's in mm-hmm. the film. So you end up with, on the one hand, a lot of moments where you're like, oh, that's, look, there's, oh, Mm -hmm. hey. Yeah. But you also end up with a lot of unsatisfying moments, too, which is a shame. Yeah. And that is kind of the big deal. Like, the special opens on a bit of a high note because it seems like we're going to tell two separate stories. It's Mm going to be Gonzo and Pepe, and they're investigating this haunted mansion. And then the B plot or the secondary story is going to be what's happening at the party. And I thought that there were lots of fun moments that could have been played for laughter had we stuck with Kermit and Piggy and the other Muppets at the party and just gotten to see some of the hijinks. And we do get to see a couple, you know, it's bobbing for tomatoes and then the tomatoes are like running across and carving of the pumpkins and the pumpkins are running across and it's good stuff, but it also feels too blink and you miss it. Like, We're doing this exclusively because people will expect to see their favorites, so they will be in the background at the party, or they will be a ghostly specter at the Gonzo Pepe part. But it felt very much like just cram as many of them in there so that no one can complain that their favorite (laughs) Muppet didn't make this entry. Yeah, and I honestly, I think all of that is probably true. Kurt Thatcher also said that the original cut is an hour and 20 minutes. I noticed that too. This is only 50 minutes and it felt very, I mean, for me, as somebody who doesn't love the Muppets, it felt fine. But it Mm -hmm. also felt like, oh, that's it. Okay. And it seems like an odd choice for a streaming platform, right? Like I can see getting it down to an hour for broadcast television or getting it down to this this length for broadcast television. But I'm surprised Mm -hmm. that you would cut content anyway. What do yeah, I like know? It's, it's just there. Why wouldn't you let it go a little bit longer? You don't yeah. need to insert television ads into this. No. And I, and I wonder, because it does feel imbalanced, and it is such a classic setup otherwise to have those parallel storylines going on that I can't mm-hmm. help but assume that a lot of what got cut got cut out of those party scenes. My question is, have you ever been to the Haunted Mansion? I have been to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And I have unfortunately also seen parts of that Eddie Murphy movie. Okay. It is fun. I remember the elevator ride principally because it feels like you're going to drop and they've got spooky ghosts that threaten you as you fall. I was just wondering which parts of the mansion are like real parts of the mansion and which ones are not. Because it's supposed to be a Disney, Mm. it's supposed to be Disney Parks tie-in. And I noticed that like they have decked out the Haunted Mansion at Disney with Muppet stuff right now. Okay. So I was just wondering like, how much do you miss for not knowing what the Haunted Mansion is? Because I I do nothing about it. it. Okay. Yeah. So the part where Gonzo and Pepe have to get out of the elevator as it seems to be stretching, that's Mm -hmm. definitely part of the actual ride. Oh, okay. But uh, the other parts, I think it was mostly just aesthetics, but... Even that I found a little bit disappointing. It felt like we were repurposing the same one corridor or Mm. one room over and over again. And I don't know if that was a budgetary constraint where they said, you know what, we're not giving the Muppets $20 million to make a Halloween special. You Mm -hmm. can have a couple and you need to get creative. I don't know. Like, it's fine. I just kept seeing opportunities to do it better. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and some of that is me going in and wanting different things than what the movie is actually delivering but this still feels like it's just playing it a little too safe i totally agree with you i was also struck joe and i mean you have much more experience in this world than i do but so we got screeners for this thank you very much disney plus it was delightful to watch these screeners and and to be able to record this ahead of time um Mm -hmm. but one of the things that they like they had a list of the things they didn't want us to mention i'm not going to mention them but i just i'm you're baffled because why (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah it's always like that i don't think there was any particular moment in this film that i was like <gasps> whoa or like mm-hmm. there's no or twist like, the fans are gonna be so excited and i was like like okay. if you can't figure out who will arnett is from yeah. watching this yeah. then <laughs> i worry about your capacity to watch a movie and there's there's another guest star that they don't want us to mention because it's apparently such a big reveal and i mm-hmm. yeah. from that sentence Why? no one listening to this is going to know what we mean like they're gonna be like what are they talking about yeah it's pick insert celebrity x because it's just one of the many people who show up in this movie and half of them are also kind of blink and you miss it like they're there for a quick sight gag or a joke and then they're off screen i do think a lot of people are underused but i will say that it's my understanding that this is the last thing ed asner ever filmed it is it's true yeah Mm -hmm. so he died shortly after filming this i do love that the wikipedia entry currently maybe it won't in the future but it says that he died of natural causes not because of any scares on set (laughs) and i thought oh did a muppet write this wikipedia entry because that seems like a very silly thing to say (laughs) oh goodness Oh, Joe. Well, thank you for watching this with me. And thank you for being willing to do this special mini-sode. I was mm-hmm. so excited to see it. And I'm not disappointed. I'm a little disappointed that it scared my kiddo too much. Maybe in a couple years, we'll be able to revisit it. Yeah, yeah. There is a sense for me that this is just like hanging out with old friends. And uh, so okay. even if my old friends aren't kind of given 100%, I'm still right. really happy to spend an hour with them and would have been happy to spend the hour and 20 minutes. There Disney. you go. <laughs> <laughs> Mark our words. We're happy for more Muppets content, but also please let them have their due. I think one of the problems that the Muppets has experienced since the Hensons gave up control is that they've not been allowed to have time to develop anything. Mm-hmm. So like... Muppets Tonight was really good fun and it lasted three years and they had a chance to really get into it. And the same with a film like um, Muppet Christmas Carol, which, you know, clearly had a budget spent on it and is beautiful to watch. And is a classic for a reason. And is a classic for a reason. And I think we've had all these sort of experiments with brand new creative teams trying something brand new with Mm -hmm. the Muppets and and not getting enough time to develop it. And I guess... For me, at least, you know, the story here is Bill Beretta. He's an old school Muppet guy. The direction is Kirk Thatcher. He's an old school Muppet guy. It's nice to at least see the band get back together Mm -hmm. and explore these characters again. And I just wish they would give them a bit more money, a bit more space. And it's interesting if you're at all curious about the dynamic between Disney and Muppet Studios, go listen to that Muppet History episode with Kirk Thatcher because he talks about the kind of notes that they get from Disney versus the kinds of notes they used to deal with back Mm -hmm. in the day and just how little creative control these guys who have worked with these characters their whole lives even have over them anymore and that's a bummer (laughs) yeah i mean it's the problem as as much as i think disney is doing a lot of great work 
they've got their fingers in so many different kinds of pies and that in some ways is good because typically you can trust Disney to do a good job, right? Mm -hmm. But it also means that they are a giant conglomerate who Mm -hmm. has their fingers in many pies. And as a result, they have a vice grip on the entertainment industry. And sometimes that is not a good thing. It stifles the creativity in our art. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing when it's characters that they really know how to use. Like, I don't think anybody's out here misusing Mickey. Mm -hmm. But it's when it's characters that they have acquired, they don't really own. Yeah, they don't understand them as well. They don't understand them as well. And we've seen the same thing with some of the iterations of, of Marvel characters and stuff. It's just, you know, it's not an easy task to adopt an established brand. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what we're saying is we would like more Muppets, but also please free the hands of the people who are playing (laughs) these iconic characters. They know what they're doing. You can trust them. Yes, please. All right. So Brenna, this was a mini-sode, which means we still have a regular episode coming out next week. What are we talking about? Oh my goodness, Joe. It is book club time. Book club, Mm -hmm. book club, book club. And we are book club. And we are reading... <laughs> we are reading Trickster Drift, the sequel yes. to Son of a Trickster. It's really, really good. You just warned me it ends on a cliffhanger, and I'm not there yet, so I'm feeling trepidatious, but I'm excited to get back into this world and talk about these characters with you. Speaking of characters I really love and who need freedom to do their own thing. Yeah. I don't really know where to go with that, but yes, I agree. <laughs> uh <laughs> wish we could have continued on the television journey so still much. mad about it gonna try not to vent too much during the yeah. book club episode next week <laughs> we'll try to not make it all about that but yeah we still have our feelings indeed so with that if folks want to share their muppet thoughts they can reach us on twitter at hkhs pod or on the hashtag hkhs pod if you have longer muppet thoughts muppet mm-hmm. fan fiction no. hkhs pod at gmail.com if you want to talk to joe about which muppets he should get more connected with okay. joe yeah. where do they find you i can be reached at b store my remote and that's the letter b and if you want to share with me your favorite historical muppet clips on youtube you can find oh. me at Brenna's C. Gray. That's Gray with an A. And uh, yeah, until next time, Joe. I was going to say something Muppety, but I couldn't really come up with anything. I used it all in the intro. <laughs> Just say something lecherous about Pepe and we're good to go. <laughs> I'll see you on the page. And I'll see you on the screen. We get it almost every night. When that moon gets big and bright.